Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. I'm Laura Lane. And I'm Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is changing how you enjoy your sex life. Yes, we all want to do that. Also in the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news, unique ways to orgasm, and the best cities to live in for Valentine's Day. Then we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions, including a male listener who wants to know how important touch is, and another listener whose boyfriend doesn't come during sex. But first, we want to welcome this week's guest. She is the CEO and co-founder of Unbound, an online magazine and sexual wellness shop where you can find beautiful, body-safe vibrators, lube, and sex toys, all the fun stuff. Please welcome Polly Rodriguez. Hi, Polly. Hello. Hello. Thanks for coming on the show. I'm so glad to be here. So Unbound has a really interesting origin story. You have said you created it to become the online destination that you wished you had when you bought your first vibrator. Tell us about that experience and and how it inspired this business you've created. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so I grew up in the Midwest, St. Louis, Missouri, specifically. And when I was 21 years old, I was diagnosed with colorectal cancer. They do not let you pick which one. Like, you know when you're like a little girl and you watch Sleeping Beauty and you're kind of like, oh, one day maybe. Like, colon cancer, not a sexy form of illness. But got it, got diagnosed with oh. it and had to go through radiation treatment. My doctor sat me down and said, like, you'll never have kids as a result of the gamma rays beaming through your reproductive organs. And that was all they said. And it wasn't until like a month later that I was sweating profusely and Googled some of my symptoms and realized I was going through menopause and... So I talked to a good friend who was a nurse practitioner, and she said, you should maybe look into buying lubricant because menopause will affect you for forevermore. Um, and also just going through chemotherapy, also your libido like totally tanks. So I ended up at a Hustler Hollywood, which was the only place in my hometown that sold them. And I might as well have been doing like an undercover like CIA mission because I wore like a trench coat and a ball cap, and I like roll up in my mom's CRV. <laughs> like ready to to walk in there and it was just such a mortifying shopping experience like you know they're like just so many pink penis shaped things not to say that that's a bad thing but for somebody that's like trying to navigate for the first time uh they're intimidating it, yeah it's just and you're already going through a lot yeah right. i had a chemo fanny pack a oh fanny my, pack for christ's sake you, so, oh my god so yeah so that any, was a lot to go through yeah, I mean, it was nothing compared to having an old man stick his, when you have colorectal cancer, there, there's a lot of stuff you got to go through. But oh. uh, <laughs> that was that was definitely not fun. So it, the shopping experience always stuck with me. And I was like, why? For a product that so many people buy and use, like, why is there not a better shopping experience? Like, why does that not exist? Yeah, with and like, it, like yeah. attractive looking stuff we always talk about that you'd want, that you wouldn't mind was out on the counter. And that is clearly your website is marketed to clearly just like regular people. And it doesn't feel like you're going on this smutty sort of, I mean, I worked on this podcast episode at work. And I mean, granted, there were some pages I had to click out of pretty quickly. But for the most part, it's very like you don't feel like you're doing something dirty going on your website. Right. I think, well, uh, what was so interesting was I started working on the business in like 2014. And it was just like, a hot mess like starting a business is so hard and as I'm sure both of you know but like it, what was so interesting to me was I looked at all these male sexual wellness brands and there was like like look at Viagra like Bob Dole who's a presidential candidate was a spokesperson for Viagra and I was like can you imagine Hillary Clinton being a spokesperson <laughs> Never. For, for, a for a vibrator brand vibrator brand excuse me but yeah I was just like 
why is no one presenting these products as just normal health and wellness products? And as I got into the industry, I soon learned that it was because there are no women in the industry, really. I mean, now there are. Like, now there's startups and they're really cool brands doing cool things. But, like, I went to my first trade show in, like, my little business casual suit, like, my little briefcase. And I was like, I'm ready to do business. And I had all my meetings one-on-one and they were in hotel rooms with, like oh. – these old dudes, and I was just never and, do never do that. Well, now we know Harvey Weinstein <laughs> never do no. meetings well, in hotel yeah. rooms, but you don't. Yeah, I, I mean, to be fair, like it was like a. I mean, it was more orchestrated, where it was like a bunch more like of a press people. junket. But I was just like, this is such an antiquated, weird system to do business. Totally. So, yeah. Yeah, there's still a taboo against like women talking about their sexuality. It's like, oh wow, she's so brave to talk about it. Oh, she's so out there. Whereas like right. guys have been doing this for since. There were penises. And, yeah, since the invention of penises. And when it's talked about, I feel like it's usually talked about within the context of, like, making your man happy and, like, please, like you know, marketing sex toys to women for their for their partner. Whereas, yeah. like, I feel like your – the whole vibe of your brand is, like, it's for you. It's for Totally. So, like, when I would go to these trade shows, we didn't have the money to, like, make our own products in the beginning. So we were buying other people's products and selling them. And I would go and look at, like, you know, they'd lay all their products out on the hotel bed, as one does. And I'd be looking at them, and it's just, like, these women in, like, you know, like, gorgeous, full-face makeup, gorgeous blonde hair, huge boobs, like, little waist. And, I, and, you know, like, eight-inch high heels. And I'm like, I know for a fact that women are not having sex. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking like that, no. and if I were to walk in and look at packaging like that, I'd be like, "Well, I don't look like her, so this must not be for me." It's also how they were created. Like you talked about seeing a lot of vibrators or dildos. Is there a difference, by the way? Yes. Is it interchangeable? One no. doesn't vibrate. Right? Yes. Dildos. The but earliest... a dildo could vibrate. No. Mm, it could if it has like an insertable bullet, but mm-hmm. typically, generally. Uh, dildos are non-vibrating, and the oldest dildo. Is why would from- you? Why would you want one that doesn't vibrate? Wouldn't you just want a vibrator that also looks like a dildo, and then you can choose whether whether <laughs> to push the button or not? Perhaps. I mean, statistically speaking, seventy percent of people with clitorises need clitoral stimulation in order to orgasm. Um, I think historically, a lot of these products were designed to look like penises because the people that were designing them. That's had, what I was just about to say. Penises. As, right. is I was like, of course a man designing a vibrator or a dildo is like, oh, yeah, when I'm not around. Of course she just like <laughs> wants, wants my dick. dick. Yeah, it's right. like, no, actually, maybe we don't. Maybe we want something like cool and designy and attractive and like something that looks nothing like your dick to get off. But like men were like, oh, yeah, she just wants like a big old <laughs> dick. Like my dick, but bigger. My dick, but bigger. <laughs> That's extra what veins. she wants. Extra veiny. So yeah. gross. It's like, no, we don't want any of that. <laughs> I want none of that. Well, clitoral stimulation, right? Like yeah. Yeah. most people want vib- vibrators over dildos, but that's a huge generalization. Um, so we've talked about Unbound on the show before, actually, because we went through a list of female-owned um, sex toy companies. And what would you say are the differences besides what we've already talked about? Like what are the differences that buyers can expect when they're going – to like a a female-owned sex toy business i mean i can't i can't speak on behalf of all of us but i think generally like the startups and and the female feminine binary owned companies care more about the ingredients that are putting being put into the products vibrators are not regulated by the fda so 
like condoms and lubricants are, which is great, but vibrators aren't. And so there are a lot of manufacturers that put parabens and carcinogens in them that are not body safe and you're putting it in one of the most absorbent parts of your body. I also just think, I think the best people to solve any problem are are the ones that experience that problem. And so I think generally speaking, female founders tend to be like more design centric. They think about the packaging, they think about relatability, they think about like, if I deliver this to my office, I don't want it to arrive in like, you know, a box that's like, this is a vibrator and I'm going to fuck with it. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I want them to look like an iPhone. Not like it doesn't actually have to, but like right. the packaging. Right. I want everything to look like an iPhone. Um, you say your products are body safe. Why is this not a given? Honestly, well, because it doesn't have to be. Like, uh, same with tampons, same with so many things. Yeah, tampons have so much shit in them. This is why we have Lola that's like a sponsor on the show. Not to plug one, but but but, <laughs> but really to plug one because like I was putting Playtex in my vagina right. for years as a teenager. Didn't know better. I was putting CoverGirl on my face. Like, all of these like toxic products created by like male-owned major corporations that they don't care what they put in the products and they just put shit ton of chemicals because they're cheap to make and then they can shell it out to young teenagers as like look don't you want to look like Mila Kunis in this ad (laughs) it's like it's like yeah I mean I guess I do and then no that stuff is bad for you yeah don't put it on your body don't put it in your body I'm yeah. very passionate about this. I'm a clean, I think people, I'm a clean beauty freak. People just assume, oh, it's being sold in a store, so it has to be okay. Yes, and, but right. as you said, like sex toys are not and regulated. And it, well, they're considered. You novel- don't know what's regulated and what's not. Yeah. Right, yeah. you don't, and they're considered novelty products because no one in the government is going to say like vibrators. Like no one will even have that conversation. So like it will never be regulated. So. It, it, it would take a senator acknowledging that women masturbate like <laughs> at all in order for like that to happen. And that's never going to fucking happen with Mitch McConnell. Yeah. <laughs> Not with that turtleneck. We have, we have a while before that comes to be. But um, so, all right. So Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to know, do you have any recommendations for gifts from Unbound, whether you're celebrating by yourself or with a partner? I mean, I just, I think vibrators are great. I, okay, so for buyer, I just think everybody should masturbate. I think there's such a different perception. I think, like, we grew up, like, there's so many jokes about men masturbating and, like, you know, the sheets are, like, hard as a rock and snap it in half because, like, <laughs> it's a given. But I think for women, like, we don't talk about masturbation. And I think it's such a healthy thing. It's such a wonderful sense of, like, ownership of your own body I know for me like just going through cancer and feeling like my body's trying to kill me masturbating actually was a huge part of me trying to like reconnect with my body that I hated and Mm. this weird meta head thing no that's really interesting yeah so I like Bender is a great introduction vibrator it's internal and external like I mentioned most people uh, climax based on external stimulation but it's great because if you want to like discover your g-spot or like explore internally you can so I think it's a great product for just masturbating all around um, and I think in terms of couples like personally I think lube gets such a bad rap and it's like such an amazing product and I think there's this weird stigma around it yeah why like, is it a smell it's like oh you're dry as if that's yeah, a bad right. thing which yeah. is like yeah it, it, it sucks it makes everything better. Like, I don't care how wet you already are. Just add some. It's because there's that scene in Superbad, remember, when no. they're, they're, like, in high school and he's 
going to buy lube. And he's like, how old do you think they are? Like, basically, oh, like, like you have to be really old right, to like yeah. need lube. I'm sorry, but like. Lube is great. I, lube and if your great. partner has a big penis, it yes. might be the only way to get that thing in. Yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> uh, uh, on another note, we hear from a lot of women that feel pressure about their biological clock. And we were reading an interview that you said in some ways having that not be a factor for you has been really liberating. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, I, I also grew up in the Midwest where I think most people I went to high school with have one, if not many, many children. My social media feed consists of like tumblebees and gender reveals. And I think being told at 21, you'll never have kids really allowed me to like lean in. I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, but Without really choice. Yeah. yeah. I was kind of like, well, fuck it, man. Like I don't have, I don't have a biological clock. So like this company is my baby. And I think there's so many other ways to feel like you not to be totally cheesy, but like that you have a family. Like there's so many amazing female entrepreneurs and creators and yeah, like not feeling like I have to settle down and I have to have a kid because the biological clock is ticking was in in one on, you know, like definitely, especially as I'm like entering my mid thirties, like depressing at times, but also liberating. Cause like I knew at a young age, like I, I can do, I can invest in other things and not feel like I'm trying to hedge risk. Yeah. That's beautiful. Uh, no, it is. It's like, it makes, it makes so much sense. I mean, it's, yeah, you didn't have a choice, but yeah, you've really taken all of the circumstances that you've had and turned it into, to like a passion. Yeah. Like my mom wanted grandkids and I sent her a vibrator. So. <laughs> <laughs> on, on that note, we are going to take a quick sponsor break, uh, but we are definitely going to jump later on in the podcast uh, more into changing how you enjoy your sex life. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Pros. You know, it's really overwhelming when you try to buy shampoo and conditioner from the store or online. I'm like, I don't know. Frizzy hair, sure. Curly hair, sure. Straight hair. I mean, like, I don't know. All of it. I don't know. Most hair com product companies, they don't actually get you. That's because a lot of brands generalize hair needs, which is why we love Pros. Pros makes truly personalized shampoo and conditioners. Uh, I had been hearing about pros for a really long time, so I was so excited. Really? Yes, because they – I'm always looking for, like, the perfect shampoo because I have unruly hair. It's, like, curly and just, like, frizzy, whatever. So, like, I will always, like, lay down the big bucks for shampoo that works. So I guess they, they – Big Brother knew that about me and I was getting targeted ads on Instagram all the time. That's so funny. Pros. So I was very excited when they became sponsors. And I have to say, like I said, as somebody who buys a lot of products, I really did notice a difference in my hair. Ian said to me, why is your hair so shiny? As if like in like kind of an accusatory way. And I was like, that's not how you compliment someone. But Ian, it's because of the pros. Ian, you know, if Ian says your hair is good. Yeah. If, if, you know it's good. if Ian is noticing the shine in my hair, you know it's working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Pros knows there is more to you than just your hair type. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair questionnaire, which is how I got started, how Laura got started, how you will get started when you go on the Pros website. They make it really easy. You just fill out a bunch of different questions about like your eating habits and your damage level, even your zip code so they can factor in the environment that you're living in and how it's affecting your hair. Um, with their algorithm and over 50 billion formula combinations, Pros determines a unique blend of ingredients to treat um, your exact concerns. For me, I have some damage from straightening and stuff, so I wanted them to address that. 
Um, if you're not 100% positive Pros is the best hair care you've had, they will take the products back, no questions asked. That's amazing. One thing I love is that I, I follow the Environmental Working Group, mm-hmm. and they put their scores on their oh, bottle. Very I cool. like that. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Get a free consultation and 20% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash single. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash single for a free consultation and 20% off. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Squarespace. Make it yourself. Easily create a website all by yourself. If you can think it, you can dream it, you can make it with Squarespace. Turn your cool idea into a new website. And that's what Angela and I have been doing. And that's what I've been doing for all of my projects. I have so many Squarespace websites. I have lauralane.com, which I just updated. Uh, I just wrote a new article for The New Yorker. Congrats. Thank you. I have my first published piece in The New Yorker. The first thing I did the day it went up online was I added it to lauralane.com under my writing. Um, we went to the Chicago Sketch Festival for my sketch show Feminist Fairy Tales. And as soon as I got pics, the first thing I did when I got home from the festival, I was so excited, was I uploaded them to the website. Do I think anyone's coming to the website every day and do they care that it was uploaded immediately? No, but it's more for me. I want to keep my portfolio up to date so it makes me feel good when I'm doing new productive things to add it to my website and just know that everything's up to date. And Squarespace, it genuinely just makes things so easy. I don't have to email someone and pay them a bunch of money every time I want to make a little update. And honestly, when people Google you, it's nice having all your stuff in one spot. Like people are going to Google you. They're going to stalk you. Don't you want to set a good impression on the internet? Um, So get a Squarespace website. doesn't matter what you do. You could probably benefit from having one um, if you are a creative, if you're a writer, if you're an artist, if you cut hair, if you do nails, any of that fun stuff. Having a Squarespace website is a great way to display your work. Um, You don't have to really know much about building a website. They give you these beautiful templates that are created by world-class designers. Um, They have a new way to buy domains, and you can choose from over 200 extensions and see if your name's available as a URL. It probably is. Um, And then if you ever get confused, they have 24-7 award-winning customer support. Head to squarespace.com slash single for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code SINGLE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. All right, Angela, what have you been reading in the news for us to talk about? I was reading Self Magazine in honor of um, this week's episode theme. I picked the article, Nine People with Vaginas on Their Favorite Ways to Orgasm. This is by Gigi Engel. Um, And so she's a certified sex educator educator and um she hears from a lot of people especially people with vaginas tell me some of tell me a few of these things yeah they have hard time orgasming um she says so like basically like a lot of people think that they can only orgasm one way you know like through vaginal insertion is that i don't know but like you said like you most women like, yeah sounds very <laughs> medical not very sexy but through insertion but most women orgasm through the clit but then there's a uh, there's no right way or wrong way to orgasm. So she interviewed a few people. Um, some examples were grinding on their knuckles. Um, there was also, let's see what else, manual stimulation with guy-focused porn. So basically um, this girl would – she is straight, but she would watch male-on-male porn and that like got her going. Um, fantasizing about submitting to men in your everyday life. Um, putting a vibrator on your nipples, 
that I'm like not nipple sensitive at all, but I know a lot of people that are. Yeah, maybe I am a little, but not, I don't think that would be, I'm very mental. Yeah. I've been able to do it a couple times with just thinking about it. All right, well, you did that at Burning Man. I did that at Burning Man. And then I've been able to recreate it a couple times, just a couple. (laughs) That's amazing. But so anyway, the point is I feel like people sometimes get like sort of timid even when they're by themselves. Like they kind of don't want to explore what they think would feel good. Mm, Yeah. Um, And the point of this article was to be like, just like it, get funky in your room alone. Do you guys remember the first time you ever – had an orgasm by yourself yes do you do you want to share <laughs> was, like what, what well happened? my story is significant because it was after i had orgasmed with some with a partner oh okay. like i never masturbated until after i like met and broke up with my first boyfriend because i went to like catholic school and like not great sex education and I literally like thought oh to masturbate as a woman I need a giant dildo like that's how women masturbate right um and then one night I was alone in my dorm all my roommates were out and I was like let let me look into this (laughs) (laughs) and it works research yeah yeah, I mean, growing up, I just remember like going also going I got kicked out of Catholic school. But when I was there, I was like in kindergarten, I used to just like touch myself because it felt good. And she'd be like, Don't you do that. Um, so that put it into that. But yeah, I mean, I I ha- like I had sex like I think I started having sex at like thirteen, which is like, I don't know, it's too early, too late, whatever. But like I literally orgasm like the first time I had sex and I was just like Wow. I, Right, and it I definitely and I, did not. The first time and I was just like obsessed, and but I think there is so much a mentality to it. And to me, I was just like always like, oh, it's so easy in my head, and I think that that plays such an integral role. Um, but yeah, I, I I think everybody's journey is unique. I I didn't own a vibrator until I was twenty one, and I went through like the cancer thing. But like after that i like was just like why why do we not teach masturbation like why do we not like uh, give young women these products because wouldn't you want to be more well informed of like what feels good to you whether it's like a nipple or otherwise like to be able to share that with your partner and say like this is this is what turns me on like the fact that for most of us a lot of a lot of times our first sexual encounters are not masturbating but more so like with a partner it makes no sense like would you give somebody the keys to the car and be like here just give it a whirl like you would want them to like test drive learn it before they're like out on the open road you I know? know and then a lot of people the only way they try to learn is through porn which is not educational and very misleading right so yeah it's a problem I don't remember the first time I did myself I remember the first time trying I was in fifth grade and I had a friend come over to my house and she's like let's go to your jacuzzi <laughs> and I was like okay and like you know and she's like so um go buy one of the jets and she like she like was trying to teach me how what a good friend (laughs) really she was like just but did she get that it was sexual or she was just like it feels really good like we'll each we'll each hug a different jet oh my god (laughs) and was like basically had me like humping a jet but it didn't work because i was like oh my god we're like what (laughs) comes it was like a public jacuzzi (laughs) (laughs) you're like at the double tree like my community it was my community Cool. I've heard a lot of stories like this, though, where people like like got together with friends and they were like, hey, I 
this thing feels good. Yeah, that's, like, let me tell you about this thing. That's exactly what happened to me. She's like, this happened, like, I discovered this thing and, like, you have a jacuzzi. Like, can I? She, like, just was using me for my jacuzzi and <laughs> was trying to include me in it. Um, but, yeah, it was very nice of her. It didn't that work. Is, yeah, I was going to say, did you go to completion? <laughs> no, no. I was like, I was like, I this is just, like, hitting. I, you know. Right. It's, like, takes a certain. I get why people say they have trouble orgasm, at, orgasming because, you know, sometimes just like a lot of pressure, a lot of like it doesn't always work for everybody. Although Angela and I both agree that the satisfier, the suctioning on the satisfier yeah. is different than any sex toy ever. And if you don't orgasm with the satisfier, I don't know what other advice to give you. <laughs> it's very intense. It's very intense. And but it, I think it's any very clitoral different. focused sex toy is. Yeah, but most of them just like kind of hit it. And like, and I think people can become um, like overstimulated. That's, you know, I think like a lot of men, like when they're, tell me if I'm wrong, but like when they're jacking off, <laughs> I don't know what other words to use. They like it like really hard and fast, hard and fast. And they think right. that we've been told that women book, like that. That too. women like it, just like hard and fast, hard and fast. But you can like overstimulate it and then like a woman can't come. You gotta right. like switch it up, do it like slow, you know? I know. I get that it's it's hard for them because sometimes we do want it hard and fast. It is not that hard don't. for them. Let's not give them excuses. I don't no. know. I get it. They're just trying to like help us the way they help themselves, but we're different. We are. <laughs> okay. You want to know what I've been reading? Yes. So I was reading Wallet Hub, a Wallet Hub report. We get these reports from them. Uh, it's 51% of people would not marry someone with bad credit, plus places for Valentine's Day, <laughs> 2020. So these two go together, though. This is what they wrote. With Valentine's Day just around the corner and America's sweethearts planning to spend $27.4 billion on the occasion, the personal finance website Wallet Hub released the report of 2020's best places for Valentine's Day. Uh, and their their Valentine's Day spending survey. So what they looked at was they to determine the most romantic yet affordable cities was they compared 100 of the largest U.S. cities across 26 metrics that included things like florist per capita and uh, forecasted precipitation, <laughs> I guess, because it's, it's raining, that's not fun, to cost of a three-course meal for two. So do you guys want to take a guess at the 20... Best places for for Valentine's Day. The first one actually is very surprising since they're trying to have it be romantic yet affordable. And number one is most deaf not affordable. Hmm. San Francisco? Yep. Oh. I was like, I know you know. You were just dealing with some VC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that shit is not affordable there. Um, and then number two is New York. Also very expensive. Hmm. Uh, number three, San Diego. Um, you know, But I guess I mean, San Francisco and, and New York, maybe the metrics in terms of like places to eat the weather being good and and like having a lot of florists and date night spots overrid the fact that it's like the most pricey city right there are more options and more options yeah san diego i agree with san diego like good weather it's chill not too crazy expensive and then honolulu hawaii super expensive but yeah great date spot can't argue with (laughs) you there uh number five las vegas not where I'd want to be personally. You want to go to the Hard Rock Cafe? <laughs> no, thank you. And then Seattle, soup's rainy. Very confused there. Orlando, Florida, don't want to go there either. Portland, Oregon, love Portland, but that's because I'm a hipster in Williamsburg, so it's like the, you know, it's like Brooklyn. <laughs> and then we've got Scottsdale and Chicago ran, ran, rounding up the top 10. Do you guys agree with those? I mean. Any surprise you? I don't know if I've gone on dates in any of them but New York. But you've been to some of those. But I've been to them. They yeah. seem lovely. 
I don't know. What state would you guys like to go on a date in? Probably not Orlando, Florida. I'm looking at the list. <laughs> um, you won't go to Harry Potter World. Uh, Austin, good. Austin, and Boston, Austin, Texas, Boston, Massachusetts. They're they're also in the top twenty. I liked those. Yeah, I yeah. love Austin. Yeah, Washington D.C. also, but uh, politicians. <laughs> you know what? I would say Honolulu if we're picking from this list. Yeah. To pick any date location. Yeah, I guess. Why well, not? Well, I used to work at a dating startup, and I will tell you this. The Which one? We- uh, grouper, RIP. Oh. Um, not so much. Um, but when, there are two times as many, if you're a cis straight woman, there are two times as many that men that would sign up to go on groupers on the West Coast versus the East Coast. So we'd always say about the West Coast, like, the odds are good, but the goods are odd. So... You're, Love that, and so, I can agree. It is. That's how it was when I lived in L.A. Yeah, well, L- L.A. was kind of like the one anomaly. because oh, Well, it's such a then. social climber place. It's, it's That was my problem. Yeah. What do you do? How can you help me? It's like, yeah. right, and everybody kind of does sort Who's of Who's your manager? Way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, like SF, San Diego, Seattle, like if you're a woman, you got a maid in the shade. Because think about like so many, I mean, like so many of the feeder schools what are was, male-dominated industries. What was that? What's that phrase? The, the in the West. Wait, say it. Oh, the, that that the, your odds are good, but the goods are odd. That's so funny. I'm gonna remember that forever. Yeah. Uh, okay. There's a few more stats that they gave <laughs> that I thought I'd run through. More men say V-Day debt is worth it. Men are nearly three times more likely than women to think a Valentine's Day gift is worth going to credit card debt. Don't do that, guys. Uh, But then reckless spending ends relationships. So even, you know, girl wants that fancy jewelry. Well, 46% of people would break up with their significant other if he or she spent irresponsibly. So don't do it. Financial (laughs) irresponsibility is an attractive. Four in 10 people say irresponsible spending is a bigger turnoff than bad breath. And 51% of people say they would not marry someone with bad credit. So get your credit in check, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Unless it's too late. Don't worry. You can fix it. Um, uh, What else? What are some other fun stats? Oh, 9 million. The number of marriage proposals made each Valentine's Day. And I'm pretty much a cliche. I mean, granted, he proposed the day after Valentine's Day. Like, yeah, he, he, he that, that, that doesn't. It was too cool for the day of. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he waited is too till the cool. day after. He would never be that cheesy, so he does the day after. <laughs> it's just funny. Just funny. <laughs> it's just funny. I don't have a strong opinion on it. It's just funny. Um, all right, guys, we're going to jump into our mailbox, but first, we're going to take a quick sponsor break. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Lola. Lola is a female founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, liners, and all natural cleansing wipes. This is so important to me. What you put on your body and what you put in your body needs to be good. You shouldn't have to put toxic chemicals on your body or in your body and all these other brands shelling out these products with bad stuff in them really upsets me. But Lola products are 100% natural and it's easy to feel good about that. There's no BS, no mystery fibers or doubts about what's going into your body. And I don't know. I like that I can like tinker with my subscription, Angela. If if I don't use all my tampons for one cycle, then I could pause the next cycle and it just makes it really easy. Yeah, because not every period is the same. We are all delicate, unique snowflakes and we bleed differently at different rates. So yeah, they make it really easy for you to customize. Um, Like Laura was saying, you would think that like all tampons are made the same, but they are not. The FDA doesn't require brands to disclose a comprehensive list of ingredients in their feminine care products. So most of them don't. 
Lola offers complete transparency about the ingredients in their tampons, pads, liners, and wipes. Um, major ba- brands use a mix of synthetic ingredients in their products, including rayon and polyester. Gross. Yep. Their feminine care products may also be treated with harsh chemical cleansing agents, fragrances, and dyes. Lola products are 100% organic cotton with no added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics, or dyes. Lola makes your month a little bit easier. Their subscription is fully customizable. Like we said, you can choose your mix of products, mix of absorbency, mix of boxes, and frequency of deliver delivery. Lola's subscription is super flexible. You can change, skip, or cancel your subscription at any time. They're great. We love them, and I think you will too. For 30% off your first month's subscription, visit mylola.com and enter single30 when you subscribe. That's 30% off your first month's subscription. Visit mylola.com and enter single30 when you subscribe. We would like to thank our sponsor, Dipsy. Don't you love that amazing first date butterflies in your stomach type feeling, Angela? I do. If you're looking for a little excitement on your terms, Dipsy can help you get in the mood with no date required. I don't know. Maybe Ian's out of town? He is out of town. How did you know what? that? What? Is he really? You could tell. I no, just look not. so forlorn and lost. <laughs> so I don't know. You should just go listen to something sexy. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions that are designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. I love this idea, Angela. It's like a sexy podcast. I don't know. Maybe they don't want me to use the word podcast, but I think that just makes it simple to understand. It's like a sexy podcast. It's an audio app with short, sexy stories. And like you, you actually said recently on a podcast that you're you can be like you're like a mental masturbator. Is that what we can say? Or you've had spiritual orgasms without touching. So like I yes. feel like having like some sexy words whispered in your ear would Probably. be very up your alley. You would just better be like, not, boom. I better not be doing this in public because yeah. that would I don't want to be that person. It can be distracting yeah. for for lots of people. Tell us about Dipsy. Um, so Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions that are designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. The stories are relatable and immersive, so you feel like you're right there. And there's something for everyone, whoever or whatever you're into. They add new content every week, so there's always more to explore. You can find stories about a spontaneous hookup with a hot stranger, getting closer with that sexy yoga instructor that you can't stop thinking about, or even stories about trying that new toy together or getting tied up. The guided sessions can also help you unlock new confidence or hide in heighten intimacy with your partner. It doesn't have to be solo. It can be with a partner. This year, try a new way of getting turned on with Dipsy. I love it. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash single. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to, now I'm going to spell it for you, D-I-P-S-E-A, like dipping in the sea. Get it? Dip and then sea. Stories.com slash single. That's dipsystories.com slash single. All right, it's time to jump into our mailbox. Uh, Angela, what is in there for Polly to help us answer? Okay, first up, we have a question from an anonymous male listener, and the subject line was, how important is touch and when? He says, I wish I stumbled on your podcast before I started college and not after I graduated. I grew up in a different sort of family where love and sexuality were entirely uncomfortable topics to broach. 
My dad never initiated any sort of touch with anyone in the family, not even hugs. I remember one time my mom bickered at him for always refusing to let her rest her head on his shoulder while we used to watch shows in the living room. It wasn't until my parents split that I realized their relationship wasn't normal, and I don't want to have that type of relationship uh, that, that they had. Even on dates and when hanging out, initiating touch outside of a businessy handshake or a handshake hugs with best friends still feels unnatural to me. This is just making me sad. <laughs> well, I'm just feeling so depressed. Like, I just want to hug that little, this little kid version of this person. I know. So he says, I've never been in a long-term relationship and have only had hookups where the girl did mostly all the heavy lifting and was very upfront with me about wanting to hook up. What times are appropriate on a date to touch? Um, one time a coffee date with a friend I've known for several years went well and she invited me to her apartment for dinner the following day. I'm fairly sure we both enjoy dinner and things felt hot throughout dinner and a little awkward, but I didn't make any moves because things felt too unnatural and I didn't know where to start. As soon as I felt too uncomfortable, I found a way to leave and we ended things gracefully i still hate to think that i may have made her equally if not more uncomfortable i hope this isn't too naive a question what do do we think guys i know i i mean i think it's all about just like uh, conversation because it's there's no rule right like there's no like well if she orders an entree and she puts her hands here then it means green light uh so i think a lot of it is about emotional intelligence I think it's about maybe making a little bit of a move and then like asking like, is this okay? Yes. Which can feel so awkward and hard, but like that way you know for sure. And it's so much better to just ask and like- That's great advice. You know, like, and they'll just be like, yes, this is great. Cause like odds are if he's feeling that it's hot, she probably is too, but you just want to ask to make sure, I think. And I mean, listening to everything you went through as a child, you're going to have different triggers mm-hmm. and you're going to have different background to your comfortability with touch. So, so does everybody else in the entire world. Everybody's boundaries are different. So we really can't give advice on this is exactly how it is for for a woman. It, it You kind of have to do exactly what Polly said, which is just check in. Use your social cues and and when in doubt, always ask. And it is good to like play on the safe side in terms of respecting people's space. Um, but yeah, just keep checking in. Yeah, I think because you're already hypersensitive, like you don't have to worry that that you're gonna make someone uncomfortable. Like you're, I think that we can assume that you're gonna do the right thing. Like you you're clearly checking in and going at a, a comfortable rate. So yeah, I think you're, you're actually fine. You just need to probably date a little more and get out there and like like I feel like I grew up with my parents not like my parents were not affectionate with each other at all and I remember being very uncomfortable when I first started dating like with like being affectionate especially like in public like touching or even just like saying sweet things to each other like I was just not good at it and I think just as time went on and I had more experience with other people like it was just like I don't know it was working working my my touch muscle yeah, but also props to you for doing a little self-exploration to realize where this uncomfortability comes from and kind of doing that psychoanalyst psychoanalyzation on yourself to be like, this is from my childhood. Because right. like every therapist will tell you, yeah, it is. Blame so, your parents. Blame your parents. <laughs> All right, what else we got? Uh, okay, next question is from Mary Lou, who is 26 and her boyfriend is 31. She says, I've been in a relationship for nine months now with a great guy. He's the first guy I have felt serious enough to introduce to my family. 
For some time, I've been encouraging him to get himself checked out because he has never come during sex. Sorry if this is TMI, but I am concerned for my relationship. Nothing's TMI on our <laughs> No, not at all. Um, and for him as well, we use condoms during sex. We are always having to stop so he can fix it. And I think maybe the constant stopping has affected that. I also think he overthinks sex because he is afraid of me becoming pregnant since we are both not ready yet for that next step with each other. The other issue is that my boyfriend and I do not spend enough time with each other, in my opinion, because of his mother having my boyfriend driving her around shopping. Okay, there's so many issues there. There's just like a whole another layer. Like, okay, so now the mom is like basically also the second girlfriend. Yes. Okay. Um. So yeah, he's driving around, doing groceries, what? taking her out to eat on the weekends. What? Um. His father passed away four years ago. I am also not allowed in their apartment. Unless what? he calls and asks his mother for permission. Weekdays, I cannot come in. I do not like that because we are both adults. Plus, he splits the apartment costs with his mother. I believe his mother is jealous that another girl is in the picture, something she isn't accustomed to because I am his first girlfriend. I know he cares a lot about me and my family likes him, but I am honestly not sure if I am into him anymore. It might have to do with the fact of him not finishing during sex. And his mother getting into the picture. Yes, yes, yes. Also, Duh. he is an introvert and I like to be active. Please help. I'm Okay, confused. break up with this guy. He just <laughs> basically wrote a whole thing about why you should break up with him. Uh, but I mean, no, I mean, I have sympathy. But okay, Polly, go first. I have a lot here. Yeah, that's a lot. I I did. I, I've been in this situation twice before. There are like a lot of guys that can't come for different reasons, like erectile dysfunction, like all these things. But, like, you can't tap dance around that. Like, you have to have a really frank conversation about, like, what is going on. And it is a very uncomfortable situation. But it is infinitely better to just, like, address it. And 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 also, I think for a lot of people, especially, like, women, when that happens, you feel like, Am, is it me? Am I, like, not hot enough? And the answer is, like, no. It is, it is not you at all. Like, it is either what they're going through mentally, physically, whatever. But I think you need to, like, have a very frank conversation about that. And I think you need to also draw some fucking boundaries because like if how wait how old's this guy he's 31 yeah absolutely not absolutely like i understand like his family's been through some stuff and so like he has a very like close relationship with his mom but like he you got to draw some boundaries and talk about like like he should not be living with his mom he just shouldn't like full stop so yeah i that maybe that's a little harsh but no i totally agree um yeah, I have a lot of sympathy for this guy, but it's also not on you to have to deal with all of it if you're not happy. Um, men not coming is definitely a taboo topic that's not talked about enough. We've had a lot of guys write into us anonymously telling us that they have faked orgasming. You know, they kind of like fake it in the con, like, oh, let me go throw mm-hmm. away this very cummy condom when like they haven't come. So and- much cum in this condom. <laughs> yeah. And like, no, we can like joke about it, but like, you know, women do it and so do men. Mm-hmm. And like, it was really refreshing to hear that that men do it too because, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it can fall a lot on the, on the woman feeling like like it's her because she's never heard of like guys you know it's not talked about enough and it's not but um i don't know you i don't know i think there's a lot of reasons why you maybe want to break up with him uh the not coming thing i think i think you could work through any one of these things all of them together is quite a lot i do think he maybe has some he needs to gain a little independence before he can be in a relationship with another person um maybe this will be his wake up call and he'll finally do that but regardless of exactly why you want to break up with him and like you could be supportive of him to figure out like maybe it's a medical issue maybe it's psychological but 
in the end, I don't I don't think you need to put that effort in because I just don't hear you excited about this guy. And I think it's time for you to move on. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we hope that's helpful. If any of you other listeners want your questions answered or if you have any messages you want to share with us, email us at contact at thisiswhyyoursinglesshow.com. Please be concise, a paragraph or less if you want it on the show. You can also find all of our info um, on our website, thisiswhyyoursinglesshow.com. Now let's dive in to our reason of the week. This week's reason is changing how you enjoy your sex life. So any advice for introducing sex toys in the bedroom? The first time you went to go get one, it was very overwhelming as an experience. It can be overwhelming when I go on a website. You have a survey people can take or they fill out a profile that kind of can help Mm -hmm. them figure out where to start. Is that part of the reason why you created that was because it's so overwhelming and people that are just getting their first toy don't know where to start? Yeah. I mean, I think when you go on like Amazon or something like that, they're so like there's 60,000 different products on Amazon. And so I think it's a matter of trying to really like eliminate paradox of choice and make it easy. I think in terms of introducing products or, or sexual experiences, like I've read and studied and I'm so fascinated by like BDSM and, and different sexual interests. It's all about two things. It's, it's one excitement. So like, like approaching it as like, this is something I'm excited about. And then the second thing is like, consent and a conversation so it's like I would really love to try this like bed restraint what do you think about it and I it is scary to have that conversation but the thing that we found is like people are really excited by the conversation and they're excited to try it and I think when you approach it that way like it's rare that the other person's gonna be like oh my god and if they are I think you have to ask like why when I'm approaching something that like I'm interested in and want to try like would they have such an adverse reaction so I think those are the two key components to introducing any component to your sex life but I I actually think like if we're talking in like terms of like heterosexual men and and women like men more often than not are really excited that their partner wants to like try something new and I think for for women it's really scary but often like what we found is like people are really excited to try something new do you have any tips for asking what you want in the bedroom because yeah it can be scary especially when your partner uh like maybe has a different interest than you in terms of asking what your partner wants yeah I mean I like just I think if they one just asking like what they want but then two like if you have ideas of things you want to try you think they may be interested like suggesting those and I think one of the things that's really important is like you can't have judgment if you're gonna if you're gonna like engage in that conversation I think you have to be open to the fact that like maybe it's not something you expected or were ready for but like if it's a good relationship you should be able to talk through it and, and figure it out and talk why either you are or are not comfortable with it. Um, we talked earlier about how my first time masturbating, how like I hadn't done it yet because I wasn't quite sure how um, and what the right way to do it was. And I've heard that story from other people. So like, do you think there are like other misconceptions or maybe social barriers that, that stop people from exploring these things or fully enjoying their sex lives? Well, one of the biggest questions that we get is like, well, I get addicted to my vibrator and Sex in the City definitely didn't help with that in terms of like the episode where Charlotte's like, I can't leave my apartment. Yeah. Um, And like worrying that it's going to replace humans. Yeah. Or that like if I use this vibrator, I'll never be able to orgasm, quote, like, uh, like organically or naturally or like whatever. And that neither of those are true, like at all. 
Um, so I, I think like there is no right way. I think at the end of the day, it's like what makes you feel good? Touch yourself. Do not feel embarrassed or ashamed about it. But like there's so much shame built into sexuality, masturbation, kink, like what we're interested in. One of I think the most fascinating stories I've ever heard or learned was from this doctor called Dr. Tammy Nelson, and she does all these lectures about BDSM and specifically people that have been gone through rape and that a lot of them have rape fantasies. And the question is, like, why on earth would someone who's been raped have a rape fantasy? And the answer is that your brain is neurologically wired so that if that happens – when you have an orgasm, it actually rewires the pathways because it re- it releases endorphins, it releases all these natural chemicals that it is your body's actual physical ability to evolve and survive. But she's like, I counsel all these rape victims and they're like, I'm so ashamed of this. I'm so embarrassed of this. And she's like, it's actually just evolutionary. And there's That's science. fascinating. Isn't it? So it's like it's it's one of, I think, the more interesting examples of how like we feel so much shame about whatever our sexual like inclinations are but the reality is like a lot of times we don't have control over it and it's a lot of biology and social conditioning and so yeah tldr like don't feel ashamed explore it feels good to you always get consent and yeah on that note it is time for our reason of the week break down So yeah, a little lube and vibration in the bedroom can go a long way. In honor of Polly and Unbound, we are resurrecting one of our favorite old This Is Why You're Single games. I'm so excited. We're bringing back Sex Sex Toy or or Children's children's Toy. Polly, we are going to read the name of a product, um, and you'll have to guess if it's a sex toy or a children's toy. We we, uh, included some Unbound products, but we also had to – we wanted to – Try and trip you yeah. up. So we included yeah, other yeah, guys yeah. too. Any brand. Um, all right. Oh, so well, you gave her a couple freebies. I'm, all right. Well, like, but right. maybe, I don't know. There's we'll an unbound toy I'm going to know. Okay. Yeah. All right. You can skip those if you want. All right. Number one. Take it away, Angela. Pound a peg. Children's toy or sex toy? Oh, that's tough. Uh, pound a peg. I'm going to say children's toy. Sure is. It is. A bougie bullet. I'm going to say adult sex toy. Magnetiles. Children's toy. You're good. You know she's yeah, you're an expert. Good. Uh, Osmo. Uh, Osmo. That's so general. Osmo. Uh, children's toy? Ollie. Oh, that is an adult toy. <laughs> Man, it could, Ollie and Osmo, though. They could be, yeah, could be very twins. interchangeable. Uh, Pro 2 Penguin. Oh, adult toy. Is that the. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's her. Favorite. It has a that's weird little favorite. bow tie. It that does. That's Angela's. Angela's favorite. Okay, so the so Pro Two Penguin is I a sex toy. I have thought about taking the bow tie off. Please do. You know, but, but what is the uh, smooth move sloth? Children's toy. It is. All right, and last but not least, stackable rings. Uh, I mean, that could be either, but I'm thinking cock rings. Oh. It is both. Oh. It's both. <laughs> Um, what you, you got 100%. 100%. She's definitely an expert. Tell my parents. <laughs> <laughs> we hope we've cleared up this week's reason because that is it for this week's This Is Why You're Single podcast. Thank you so much to our guest, Polly Rodriguez. You can buy all of her amazing Unbound products at unboundbabes.com and follow them on Instagram at unboundbabes. Any other plugs we should tell people about? Just masturbate. 
Love it. Great plug. Uh, but plug. Plug, <laughs> plug for ourselves. Check out our book. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our audiobook on Audible. And you can also get my new book, Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling, uh, at all those places too. And you can get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors for a full list of sponsors and the codes. Check out our podcast page on thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. We are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Your Single Show. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Bye.